0: Well, good morning, Village Church East. My name is Craig Jarvis. I am the lead pastor here at Village Church East. And you have picked an incredible Sunday to be here. So I have one question to ask you this morning. This is this is the one question. You ready for it? Are there any full-time ministers here this morning? If you're a full-time minister for Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand? Ah, yes. Okay, good. Let's talk about what that means. This is a passage out of uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read it for you. Or Ephesians chapter 4, sorry. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. So if you're using your electronics or your Bibles, here we go. And he gave, this is now talking to the church, all right? He gave, God gave, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers, Shepherds is another word for pastors here. It's poimenos. It means pastors. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood or womanhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, church, in every way, into him who is the head, that's into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part works properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Church, according to this passage of Scripture, everyone in this, these three rooms that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior is a full-time minister of Jesus Christ. Why would I say that? Because if you are not a full-time minister of Jesus Christ, you have the permission to turn it on and off whenever you need to. Turn it on on Sundays. Turn it off on Mondays and Tuesdays. Turn it on on Wednesdays when you go to your community groups. Uh, turn it off on Thursdays. You know, you get to turn it on and off. My question to you is, when do you get to turn off our calling to be a, a minister for Jesus Christ? Never. There's never a time when you get to hit the switch in the off position. God has called us, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, God has called you and me to serve the Lord 365 days out of the year. That's awesome. That means that no matter what you're doing, what your, what your job is, and what your, what your profession is, you are, wherever you go and whatever you do, a full-time minister of Jesus Christ. If God is your God, he has called you to minister 365 days a year wherever he has put you. So are you a doctor? Are you a teacher? Are you a lawyer? Are you, are you a banker? Are you a stay-at-home mom? Are you an accountant? Fill in the blank. Whatever it is. Are you a student? Whatever it is, no matter what you do, you are still always in the on position. Always in full-time ministry. How about when you go on vacation? Do you get to hit the off switch when you're on vacation? <laughs> no. You're always on. That's a high calling, isn't it? Does that make you feel tired to even talk this way? Yeah. We're not just talking about rules, though. This is not just rules that make us holy. This is a constant awareness that wherever I go, I am an ambassador for God's love and his grace to others. I am continually an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Now, the primary place... We get to experience what that is like and we get to grow so that we, so we do it better is right here in the church. This is our training ground. Like the football teams have a training ground, we have a training ground as well. And it's here. Here we get to practice loving people who are hard to love. Now can you believe there are people in this church that are hard to love? I know, I I had a hard time writing this, and then I thought of some of you, and I thought, no, that's absolutely true. There are some people that are hard to love. There are some people that are hard to love. Are there people hard to love outside of this church? Oh, yeah. Well, you get to practice loving people who are hard to love right here. And you know what? It's full of grace. So if you don't do a very good job, nobody's gonna bite your neck off. But this is where you get to practice how it is to love like Christ love here first. We give finances sacrificially together here because it helps us keep constant 365 years when we're not, or 365 days out of the year when we're not together. All of your bank account belongs to the Lord, right? Everything you have belongs to the Lord. If you if you've been redeemed by God, it all belongs to God. Here's where you get to to kind of use this as a training ground and say, okay, I'm gonna be faithful in giving financially here. It helps you stabilize out there. We serve those who make demands on us together here first. Sometimes it's really hard to serve people because they make some outrageous demands on your time, right? And you're incredibly busy and they don't know what kind of life you have. And if they only knew, they wouldn't ask you in the first place, right? Right? But here <laughs> but here we get, to, we get to practice how to do that. We get to practice how to serve somebody that keeps making demands on us. And sometimes it might require having a difficult conversation saying, I, I, I can't do that. I got, and so we, we might have to make ba- boundaries. But, but that all happens here. Why? So that when we get out there, when we get out into the world, 365 days out there, minus 52, whatever it is, uh, math is not my strong point, then we have an easier time doing it. We don't know how to use our gifts that God has given to us. Or we don't know how to best use them and how to practice using them 365 days a year. So you know where you get to try out your gifts and figure out what you're good at? Right here. We'll give you lots of stuff to do. And if you don't work so well at one thing, no one's going to judge you. We're just going to say, no, you don't work so well there. Let's put you over here. And you're going to go, thank you, it was killing me. And we're going to go, we see, we see that it was. We're glad. And maybe during the season of your life, you can only do something small. Maybe, maybe during the season of your life, you can pitch in a little bit more. Maybe during the season of life, you could stretch a little bit, try something new. This is your opportunity to do that right here in the church. This church becomes a developmental staging ground for how, who God is making us into. 365 days a year that's why in verse 11 it starts off by saying he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds, pastors and teachers, do you know why some are chosen to be shepherds or elders and teachers pastors and apostles and prophets of the Old Testament, do you know why God has given us all these people God has given you all these people, by the way. Your life is full of these kinds of people. It's been at different times of your life. And if you don't have any shepherds and teachers in your life, you've got the Bible full of evangelists, prophets, and apostles. You've got all of this background constantly that can speak into your life. Do you know why God did that? He did that so that you would have somebody whose special task it was to help you grow. That's a wonderful blessing of God. God has gifted some people in these ways so that they can speak into your life, minister to you, help you, let you lean on them, carry you sometimes, so that you can grow deeper and stronger up in the Lord. All these folks, whether they're in the Bible or standing right in front of you, all of these folks are given to you so that you can grow deeper and you can grow taller in your faith. That's why the Lord says, some, some uh, translation says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pro- pastors, some to be teachers. And he tells us immediately why. Verse 12, would you read that orange section? This is why you have apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors, so that you can be equipped, the saints, for the work of the ministry. So that, so that you can be equipped as a saint for the work of the ministry. All of these amazing men and women in your life are given there to help equip you to do the work of the ministry. Who's a saint here this morning? Don't raise your hand. Because <laughs> the person next to you might go, mm-mm, uh, mm-mm, no. Saints are anyone who've been redeemed by Jesus Christ. So if you've been redeemed by Jesus Christ, if, you've, if the blood of Christ has covered your sins, you are... A saint of God. I know, it's amazing. So, this verse says, all the saints are to be equipped for the work of the ministry by all these people. Notice also where it says, until we, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. I love that. All God's people are prepared for the works of service. All God's people are built up as a part of the body. All God's people are meant to become mature. All God's people are, are to be reaching a unified faith in Jesus Christ. Now, for some of us, we prefer this. Uh, This is a little dated, but hopefully you'll like this slide. I know, doesn't the bottom guy look a lot like me? (laughs) Ted Danson, yeah. Cheers was known because it was a place where you could go and everybody knows your name. Do you know what that phrase encapsulates? It encapsulates the epitome of not having to try. It encapsulates the idea of being absolutely comfortable where you walk into the room and Norm sits at a stool and he, the, the bartender knows what kind of drink he wants, knows how long he's going to stay. Everybody who walks into the bar knows him. They call him by their name. Everybody knows your name. And you don't have to do anything. This is the opposite of the church. The church is a place where everybody knows your name. But the per- church is a place where you will be stretched. And you will be molded into, into sometimes an uncomfortable position. If I'm to grow, I must be willing to be stretched to attain maturity to the measure of the stature of Christ. Anyone of you ever experienced growing pains before? Growing pains are are, are called growing pains because they're painful as you grow. All right. Yeah, it's a little, little kindergarten you hear this morning, isn't it? growing pains well when you are growing in the lord you will experience some discomfort you'll have to rise to the occasion of trying something you may not want to try you may have to rise to the occasion of serving somebody you may not like so much When you grow in your faith, here is a training ground where that happens in the church. Sometimes you'll be put into an uncomfortable position. You don't get to park on a stool in a bar and let life happen. I wanted to grow up into a successful CEO when I was younger. At one point in my life, I wanted to make sure that uh, my whole life revolved around making enough money to get by so that I could have a comfortable life, so that I could provide well enough for my children. And that was my dream in life. I wanted to grow up into a successful CEO. The Bible says it is our goal, it is the goal of every saint to grow up into the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that means? No matter where you are at or what you are doing, you are growing into a better visual representation of Jesus Christ. You're growing up into the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. When something is stretched, does that sound like a comfortable or uncomfortable deal? Sounds It's meant to. And as you grow into a better example of Jesus Christ, you will be stretched into uncomfortable positions, but I'm here to tell you, you're going to be amazed at what God has in store. Probably none of us would argue with the point that anything good doesn't come easy. And if you're going to grow up into a measure of the stature of what it means to see a full picture of Jesus Christ, it's going to require some stretching, might be uncomfortable. But it's going to be better than you think it could be. This means serving in different and possibly uncomfortable ministry opportunities, even when it's difficult. It means trying new things in order to bless others. Do you enjoy the food every Sunday morning? That's nice, eh? Do you, do you enjoy the lights and the, the fact that you get to sit there and then we kind of, you know, communion comes around and the cups are always filled. Somebody's playing instruments in the morning. All of this is up here every morning. Do you enjoy that? Yeah. It doesn't get done by elves. (laughs) Like people come in and make it happen. And none of them look for a pat on the back. That's just so incredible. Church just doesn't happen. It happens because people have dedicated themselves to being stretched, trying new things, working in different areas, and doing it so that you, the church... All of us can be blessed together. These things are done by people who might have one time said they were willing to be stretched, willing to try something new. We have a leadership team at this church. I want to introduce them to you right now, actually. Um, If you look online, here's kind of what the page uh, looks like. But this is our leadership team. It's a nice, big, long leadership team. These are all people that have risen to the occasion to serve in one leadership position. And sometimes these names change. Sometimes people come in and out, and we're still looking to fill some positions in our leadership. Kathy is a pastoral assistant. Where's Kathy? Right there. There's Kathy. Marina is our worship assistant. Where are you, Marina? She's over there. You saw her up here this morning already. Megan Patterson is with communications. There's Megan in the back, punching the machines in the back. John, Megan has beautiful children uh, John, like us John Wittenhall, uh, village students John, John's in the back Johnny Gale, uh, work really hard at this together It's awesome Catalina does our village kids Which she's not doing this morning But she's serving in the nursery Why? Because that's just who Catalina is Beth Jarvis does village women I already introduced you to my wife over there Deb Nirwaki, she's in charge of commu- uh, connections Deb, raise your hand there she, There's Deb uh, Michael Pearson, his first impressions. Where are you, Michael? He's the big guy that stands in the back. Uh, didn't always used to be a big guy, by the way, but he is now. He's huge. He's huge. Uh, in a good way. Christopher Patterson, facilities. There's Christopher. Uh, Albert, yeah. Albert Diaz, he does production. There's Albert. There he is right there, yeah. <laughs> Albert. Albert's wonderful. Uh, Amber Johnson. Amber uh, is, where are you, Amber. <laughs> yeah, she, she's our newest one. I was going to introduce her. Uh, she's our newest MD. She's in charge of outreach. So we're excited about working with Amber. Uh, you'll notice her probably. She's somewhat pregnant. Um, but she's beautiful, and I can't wait to, to start working with her. Uh, Brent Amato, he's one of our elders. Were you, Brent? You already saw him this morning. Uh, and John, you've already seen him this morning. He's our other, there's three of us, three of us elders. That's your leadership team here at Village Church so one more question actually there might be a few more but this, this one kind of goes along with this. If somebody, did, did somebody lead you to the Lord did somebody, did somebody take the time to tell you about Jesus Christ invest in your life plant seeds that later grew in your life did somebody talk to you about Jesus Christ and lead you to the Lord if they did they stretched themselves for you Isn't that cool? Every time you stretch yourself to be used in the life of somebody else, you live out this Ephesians 4 idea. Saints are meant to be equipped to do the work of ministry. The idea is very blatant. Let's read it again. Verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. In other words, the the work of ministry is not to be done just by me or just by the elders or just by the leadership team. The work of the ministry is to be done by the who, church? By the saints. If you know Christ as your Savior, you qualify. Until we all attain the unity of faith and knowledge of the Son of God. Do you know what unity of faith is? Unity of faith is like living out a healthy, growing life life. A growing family. Growing families have to love one another. Would you agree with that? If they're a healthy growing family, they have to love. Do they always want to love? No. <laughs> yeah, no. I noticed that only came from a few different people in the congregation. You may not always feel like you want to love, but you do love. And that's what makes your family at least have a chance to be healthy, and strong healthy families learn to love each other the church is a staging ground for finding out how to build your heart to love others by serving others so find out what you do well and do it here's four ideas on how you could do that you want to find your niche in ministry be available that's really the first and biggest one i think There is a moment when you will be called on to participate in the work of ministry. Be available. Are you available if I should come and ask you to do something at East today? Be available. Number two, be willing. When the call comes, it's easier to say others should answer the call. That's easy. Like, I'm too busy. (laughs) Raise your hand if you're not busy. Okay, so we're all busy, all right? So the, uh, be willing means that your life, you understand, is not too busy to take on a ministry for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you may have a lot of kids, your life may be hectic. Uh, there's always, listen, the call always goes out to excuse-filled people. There's nobody that does not have an excuse. Everybody has an excuse. The question is, will you be available and will you be willing to use your skill for God's glory. Number three, be humble. Be humble comes in here because you might be saying, Craig, you have no idea what my life is like. Well, now is your chance to be humble Uh, because you may be thinking to yourself, Craig, I don't even know if I can do anything around here. You know what? That is a great attitude to have. Hang on to that attitude because the best servants I've ever met are people with that kind of an attitude. I don't know if I can really do this. The people that make me nervous are people that come up to me and go, I need to do this and you need to sign me up right now. They make me nervous because it seems like they have an agenda. But if your attitude is, I just don't know if I can do this, you are prime. Prime to do service for the Lord. Stay humble. Number four, be excited. Listen, God has given us a very special moment in our lives right now. In my life, things have come and gone quickly, sometimes too quickly. And too many times I miss the joy in the journey because I'm looking for the next step to come. I know whatever I'm doing now leads to this over here, which leads to this over here. And so I travel through life always looking for what comes next and I miss the joy in the journey. And sometimes I look back in my life and I go, oh. I miss the enjoyment there. This happens with my kids all the time. I drop my second oldest off to college and I'm thinking to myself, I have missed being the kind of dad I should have been to Hannah. There's so many things we should have done. There's so many things we have left to do. I didn't do everything that I needed and I'm thinking to myself, this is the the kind of mindset I have and I don't know about you, but I have this mindset that, uh, you know, the goal is to grow her up and get her off to college and make sure she has a, a life that, that serves the Lord and pleases the Lord, but I miss the journey so many times. We had a church in Georgia when I was in college. I did this um, this church with a friend of mine, and we went into this dilapidated building, and I know that's not even a word. It was it was just it was a building that was just it was smelly. It was gross. I got every friend that I could get at college to come out with me. I said, I'll buy you lunch if you come out and you help me clean. And so we went out to this church and we painted and we cleaned the carpets and we cleaned the pews and everything. It was a church building that was falling apart in a community that didn't have a church. And so then we started knocking on doors and it was a lot of work. We'd go down there every Saturday and knock on doors and people were nice, you know, and they're in the South, but not a lot of of fruit out of it. And we did church every Sunday. And sometimes it seemed like, oh, I got, my, I got my college work to do, but I want to sink my teeth into this church. We want to make an impact in the community in Georgia. Sometimes we would have nobody show up at church. Sometimes we would open the doors and we'd wait for the throngs to come in because I was preaching and there would be nobody there. Just all the people that would help us do Church. So we would say, okay, you know what we're going to do today? Everybody get in our cars, we're going to go up to the mountains, and we're going to sit by a lake, we're going to have church by a lake. And in my mind, that was a a losing proposition because we didn't fill the building. But now that I'm looking back in my life, those were some of the most amazing worship times I've ever had. And and it's almost like I skipped so quickly through it, I didn't enjoy the journey. Build Church East is a moment in time that we should all take full advantage of this is a healthy congregation we actually love each other most of us do we work together well we love the community we got a solid vision we're excited about what the lord is growing us into we just heard this morning you know we we got some challenges financially and i didn't see anybody walk out the back door that's a win There's so, so many blessings that we have right now. And this is me as your pastor telling you as a church, I have done this, don't do this. Take advantage of the journey. This could be a time when you look back 10, 20, 30 years from now and think to yourself, that was fun.